What's going on, guys? Hey, it's Anthony. You're listening to Monday Madness here at Culture Jacked. I am going to start this episode off with answering some of Dustin's questions. But before I dive into those things, I had a couple of things I wanted to talk about. I did have an episode slated for this, which is uh, a good and a bad thing, I guess. Um, the good part is I have some stuff to talk about. The bad part is, as I going to go off the cuff on this one because uh, Dustin's topic was I feel so epic that I think I'm going to just go ahead and jump on the bandwagon with him there which more or less is doing things for money <laughs> so we're going to dive into that as well um, but before I do a couple of quick observations I've had with uh, working from home a lot lately and then obviously I'm on the frequent for uh, the podcast and then I have to uh, do the YouTube videos and, and all of that so I frequent my computer often now <clears throat> kind of a funny thing about this is most of us have a preferred web browser and for whatever reason weeks on end and this is kind of like a, a nerdy office joke but uh, weeks on end I have found myself with like a hundred windows open and then I often find myself trying to find something within those windows, which is ridiculous because I've got so many windows open. I'm talking about in your web browser. And then there's times where I just start reading. <laughs> I start reading the little tabs up there because I'm looking at like, I don't know, I'm looking at one right now and I left it here intentionally. Look at like 10 tabs, decent sized monitors in my office here. And I'm like, you start reading it, and then you click into one. And the next thing you know, you're reading some shit you read three days ago or five days ago. <laughs> just, I, I just thought it was very funny because as I was getting ready to do this, I opened uh, a couple of browsers, and, and it was just like, how did I end up with so many, so many browsers, so many tabs on those browsers? You know, w one other observation of mine, too, is in addition to the tabs in, with working at home, I've been drinking a lot as far as like juice and water and coffee and i find myself now leaving cups of coffee around my house or cups of juice or or cups of water because like instead of i guess in the past when i wasn't home as much where you'd frequent a room for a certain amount of time and then be out of it now it's like a, a day after day kind of event so it's kind of funny to me also let's dive into dustin's question from the friday show first dustin discussed essentially the console wars you know the sony i guess is the king of the exclusive games and we you know we, we we've gone back and forth on that um but i guess his question more or less is you know microsoft is jumping ahead with this backwards compatibility with all games where where's this going essentially between sony and xbox it's kind of cool to see microsoft kind of aggressively going after that i think that's smart retro gaming and here's here's my pitch on where they're going and, I, and i'm sure that their marketing team or whoever their ideas department is was like hey listen retro gaming is huge right now now think about this for a second your games have been limited to the console and to the game series right so if a game series ends and doesn't continue then you have to rely on the, the console if the game series goes on, then the newest console has the newest version. But now, if I want to play those old games, and they did this actually with uh, Gears of War 5. So I bought my Xbox One X, Gears of War 5 edition, which was the ultimate pack, which had all of the uh, Gears of War. Now, granted, some of those were re-releases. I understand that, but it was I feel like 
it was them kind of thinking that bigger picture. Now, if they capitalize on that and they add some things to kind of clean the games up, I think they're opening up a credible uh, segment that has been touched on and kind of played with for years as far as uh, how do we bring old games into the new systems? You know, you know, there was some backwards compatibility. There was this, there was that. I can easily see the sheer importance of where digital content is going to go with this thought. And that is because you're not going to want all those, you know, if you played a shitload of games, you're not going to play those games if you have 500 discs or whatever. So I think that's really cool. And you could think, you know, start jumping into the brain there and thinking like, what was those games that I played in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, if you're of that, if you're of that era. And uh, I, I think that's incredible. Um, as far as Sony goes, I'm sure they're going to hold their titles. And, micro, you know, Microsoft does, and Dustin kind of glazed over this is funny because uh, during his, he talks specifically about Sony being the king and then Microsoft. And Microsoft has not been known to come up it's almost like a showtime and hbo competition to where it was like hbo kept hitting with the exclusives showtime would show up with some shit you know it's like uh billions on showtime incredible show hbo freaking puts out game of thrones and it goes on forever the sopranos and like you just go backwards and you're like damn these guys but showtime occasionally has something good so i think that uh sony's probably going to stick with theirs because their focus is going to be on a different spot i do think you're right in the sense that Microsoft may have just sunk it with this backwards compatibility. First came to mind listening to that, and and I think this may be where it goes, is we may see shit starting to happen with uh, what like Amazon and Netflix and all of those guys do too, to where it's like, hey, let me buy that old IP and we'll convert it over to whatever the backend iOS systems are. And we'll leash you our game for two years. So I easily think that what they're building there is some kind of model like that to where it's like, oh, well, we'll lease you Tomb Raider for five years or whatever it is, you know, $30,000 a year or or two cents a play or a dollar a play or whatever that is. Um, I think they could morph that into it. And then you'd get your rotations of games. And, and when I say games, I am talking out of the Xbox console in that sense. Because obviously, if it's just Xbox games, like, okay, cool, but I'm paying for the service. Maybe they could go strike a deal with Sega and let us take Sonic the Hedgehog 2, convert it over, and then you just play it. So I don't know. I, I think Microsoft's onto something huge. And I think that uh, to some degree it will stammer or slow the variance i guess between the two with the exclusivity but that doesn't give necessarily xbox exclusivity at least in my opinion um they have to do the exclusive studios and brands and uh, they've done it some you know gears of wars gears of war was a and is a highly successful game um that was exclusive uh the forzas are all exclusive and then there's several other games those are the two that i'm familiar with um that do that as well all right Going through my questions. That was the longest answered question ever. Let's see. Made a comment that uh, Black Adam is The Rock or Dwayne Johnson. Do people know the difference? I'm going to say they know the difference because that he is the biggest by audience social media slash movie star like there is. The dude is like everywhere full bore. Do they know the difference? 
Movie delay. Okay, so movie delays. This was another one. I think I touched on it or dusted. It's also kind of an almost like an underlying conversation that we've had over the last several weeks as well. And, you know, the the movie delay, the landscape, is it going to change? Are we going to go back to theaters? Is the video on demand going to pick up? I mean, essentially, what's the landscape look for that? And like AAA title releases, are they going to just stop theaters altogether? That That's a great question. I don't think they will. I think a theater is still a show. And with all of the box office, box office movies that both you and I and a lot of other people have essentially watched as they've been touted gloriously every summer or every movie event, I'm going to say that they're going to keep the theaters open. They're going to have to. Will the experience be different? I don't know. That I mean, that may be a thing. Maybe they put in bigger seats and kind of space each other out. I think that would be really cool. Something like that I think would be would be great. Um, video on demand, I, I do think that they will alternatively look at it. But here, here's the deal with this. Uh, and again, my version or take on it is, if they wanted to do this, they've been capable of doing this for a long time. A long time. For years. Because they've been releasing videos via digital. And in fact, the uh, model to date is you get to, you still get the digital copy way before the DVD comes out in some cases. So digitally before distribution in this physical distribution in this case. So they could have done this a long time ago. And with knowing that, I, I, I think it's less views. I do. I, I think it's because it's it's not an event. You're not getting your family together. You're not getting with a friend or or uh or whoever, or maybe you're going by yourself because you saw it's not the experience, man. And I think that's what sells those theaters. And I think that's where video on now video on demands worked great for these situations where we're all in quarantine. It's like, shit, all we got is this. And you find yourself kind of going back. It's kind of like the uh, tab thing I talked about earlier to where it's like so, soon enough, you're watching like four different series and you don't know what else to do. And you're, you're randomly selecting things. So I don't think so. I think I think the landscape, you know, theaters are going to be slow to reopen. I believe that they're going to have higher sanitation efforts. But I mean, you know, the video on demand, maybe, maybe they crush it and say, fuck it, we're going to just drop it. But I just I still don't think the outside of the U.S. market, I think that that's where they're going to take their their other the other side of them taking a substantial hit is because. We in America, we have crazy internet. Everybody's got a computer and blah, blah, blah. But in other countries, it's not so much. It is that theater. It is that global box office. So, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, other than I do think it'll be delayed to open the theaters. Um, video on demand, I think, will be played with more frequent than, than what it has been. And uh, Netflix and all of that, too. So that in itself is uh, very strong. And all of the original con content, um, is so strong right now that it starts to bleed over onto why are you even releasing movies? But that's for another conversation. All right. Um, to respond to Dustin's main point, it was, was kind of my goal there. I, I know that I kind of ran through a lot of things in the yammering for the last probably 14 minutes. Didn't realize I was, I was going off a tangent that far, but uh, anyways, Dustin brought up a point that actually him and I talked about and Obviously, he did his uh, The Friday Show with Dustin here at Culture Jack. So he did that last Friday, and he talked about, you know, hobbies for money or things we do for money. And it was a compelling conversation. Uh, Dustin did a great job on his podcast there, kind of talking about that and other things. So 
I just wanted to kind of briefly dive into my perspective of it. And then um, I've got some, some things I want to end on. But uh, as I, was, I listened to Dustin's podcast and I'm like, shit, you know, that is definitely one lane. He gave a couple of options of, of what it could be um, or the, the reasons behind it. Right. So in my opinion, and this this has been said through a lot of books and through a lot of different um, entertainers. If if that's the genre that we're we're talking about, this is the genre I'm going to talk about. Is that um, simply because I've seen and I've read a whole crapload about this? I've watched a shitload of videos on this, um, where where creators and innovators uh, bring this kind of stuff up, and it's like the. I think the grassroots thought of this is do what you love, do what makes you happy. Right. I mean, that's that, that's, that's what it is. I mean, like you, if you haven't seen or heard someone say that in your lifetime, you had to have been hiding under several rocks. Right. So I I do believe that there's an organic approach on one side and we'll, we'll talk about that, but there's also like, like the mechanical approach. Okay, and we'll talk about that as well, because to me, the organic approach is exactly that. I love what I do. I love playing the guitar. You know, I was taught play and I'm not I'm, I can't play the guitar, but um, I was taught when I was a kid, you know, I've been playing for 20 years or I, hey, I just picked this up and learned how to play a couple of notes. I am thoroughly loving playing this instrument because, you know, it's challenging. I get to understand, you know, musical chords or wh- wh- whatever it is. So. There's that aspect of it. And it goes the same for anything. Uh, if you are YouTube and hey, I like talking to people. I want to help people. I want to learn how to film and edit. Maybe I enjoy editing um, with no financial or no agenda, I guess, behind it for uh, financial gain of any sort. Right. Doesn't even cross your mind because you're you're in the moment. You're, you're doing that thing. But I believe if you run that road, you either again, you come to a fork to where it's either organically you have grown and developed as such an individual that you independently get recognized for that, thus putting a, you know, a podcast together and people are saying, Hey, I love the podcast. Thanks. Blah, 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 blah. Having a YouTube channel, great comments. You're getting some views. You're getting some likes, right? So that, so that's one for uh, one fork. And then you've got the other fork to where maybe you you have grander ideas or maybe you're not at the, succession point that you want to be at and you could start getting into brand marketing you could start working with coaches or maybe you feel the need to do this and start kind of boosting and paying and and what have you and be kind of put out into projected out into the world in lieu of that organic i'm just putting up videos because you know i wanted to help a friend or you don't even have to help anybody hey i like talking about movies so i just started talking about movies what i like maybe your time in the enjoyment level and the creativity has started to engulf you as an individual. And the main thing that you're wanting to do now, because you've, you've played that guitar for a year. Um, you, maybe you want to start playing with a band and it requires practice and, and all of this stuff. And you're like, shit, that went from like 20% of my hobby time or 30 or 40 or 50% of my hobby time to like 60 you know, and, and then it's like, I love this so much. And and then it goes to 70 and like 80. And then it, and at the next point, you're like, shit, I got to make some life decisions here. <laughs> I'm spending all of my extra time now doing this activity. Is there a way I can uh, recuperate some money so maybe I can do less of this other thing I want to do? 
I mean, that's 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 kind of my thought there, right? So I think that's where if you're truly creative and you come from that organic environment, that is your launch, and you come to a point to where it's like, shit, I want to do this full time, but doing it full time requires money uh, to keep the show going, to pay your bills, what what have you. So there's that side of it, which to me again is more of the organic. Because I think this bullshit where it's like, I discovered them. I, I think that's crazy because I've seen some videos on that recently. And it's like, you didn't discover anybody. Everybody has the capability. They have a phone. Uh, they have a GoPro. They have a picture camera. They're, they're videoing if they want to. Aside from like extreme shit that happens. Um, and then earlier I mentioned, so the organic stream. Now the mechanical stream. The mechanical stream is pretty straightforward, at least in my opinion. Yeah. This this can break up into several things. So the mechanical stream, and I, I I honestly believe this, is driven from the entrepreneurial push that's been happening pretty much for the last three to five years. Slow five years ago, three years it started ramping up, two years, one year it's been it's like expl- I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. There's billion, there's like so many pop-up businesses, and it's this mentality to progress. And I think, well, it's not I think because it's literally these these guys are doing exactly what Dustin said as far as for money statistically it's because of that cultural change where it's like if you want it go get it you just have to work hard so it's the same kind of thought but what you're doing is completely different so we'll say that I am um, good at audio and and I want to do voiceovers or what have you so instead of me kind of just doing my thing like doing this podcast or just doing whatever I build that package and then I get with branding, a branding manager or a uh, design artist. I actually create a full plan and start with like my operating costs, my reinvestment. What am I, what equipment do I need? What equipment do I have? Where am I going to go in the next year with this? Do I need a uh, space? Do I need, okay. So you write out that list and then you start funding or you get funding, I should say. If you don't have it, I mean, you may have the money, you know, if you have the money in your in your uh, account, fucking do it yourself, you know, and then start there or you start you get funding and then you can you get with those coaches, you get with, uh, you know, like if you're doing a podcast, you could get with a sound guy to kind of tune everything to make it sh- make sure it sounds good. And then you get with a design or or a uh, a programmer or whatever, it, whatever it is. But. Then you start paying and you create, in most cases, not all cases, in, in most cases, you create kind of this pitch to the world via video or uh, audio or whatever, and you distribute it across all social media platforms for money, essentially. So you, you've got this pitch because that's what that's what all these all these uh, uh, commercials and all this shit is anymore. It's all pitches. So it's like get your pitch out or, or clips like the YouTube thing still, uh, I love how they still do the YouTube thing because people are doing like clips. Anyways, you get that out to the public and you start pushing and pushing and pushing and then you hope for the best because it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Either which route you go uh, doesn't equal success. I mean, because you could do the same shit for 30 years and push and push and push and make it nowhere. Or you could do the same thing and then become, you know, the, the next whoever, Joe Rogan of podcasting or the next Casey Neistat of YouTube, if that if that's a thing. But I believe it's a very interesting idea and concept because I think a lot of people don't actually know. I mean, when you start something, 
it's just like, I don't know where this shit's going to go. You know, six months, eight months, you find yourself, you're mastering your craft or you're, you're experiencing your craft and you're, you're molding it into what you want it to be. And you find that value part I spoke about earlier, or you find the mechanical side and you're like, fuck this. I think there's money in this market. That's the, I guess the other part of it too is, is like, I think there's money in this market. Um, you know, I, I, I've trained myself to be a welder at home. Um, maybe I could just pick up some side jobs for people. You know what I mean? I will go and fix some equipment. I will uh, build a custom bumper. I will, you know, stuff like that, just all these crazy projects. And I'm going to go after that money and then buy that better equipment and then launch more, I guess, into the business instead of the hobby side of things. So I think that's the uh, that's another big distinction, big distinction to include the uh, good old IRS here in America is, is it a hobby or is it a business? So, and in that sense, in the IRS sense is were you making money or were you not because if you're not making money you have three years to show a profit okay then then it's a hobby you're investing a lot of money into it and you're doing this thing but that doesn't make it a business obviously if you launch that um and everything goes well and you get sponsors or you get whatever then that changes you're turning into a business and you gradually grow it up so all right enough enough kind of going down that road yeah let's just let's just uh end that conversation there all right so uh one thing i did want to end on i have watched quite a bit of uh comedy specials i have uh ever since they've been digital i'm a i'm a big stand up comedy fan uh like just very much so so super stoked to see new comedy specials get to experience different comedians and and one of my favorite providers is netflix now this isn't a paid sponsor by netflix but i say that because i'm already there i think and it's got some of my some of my favorite stand-up comedians and one one quick thing before i talk about a couple of the episodes try to sell you on watching one of these is uh you know an interesting thing about uh comedy specials for me so you know keeping up with some of this you know about like the five Bill Burr specials or four Bill Burr, however many he has, you know, Joe Rogan's got a bunch, you know, uh, Mark Maron's got a bunch. You, you've got Kevin Hart's got stuff on there. Cat Williams, um, Amy Schumer. I mean, like you can go down and go on this list in forever. But the funny thing is, is I have the hardest time remembering the name of a special, a comedy special, but I do give, I generally have like a vague idea of the years. So it's like, was that his uh, early comedy specials, late comedy? You know, if I can figure that out, I know which one you're talking about. So is that, I, I guess that's uh, a, one of uh, probably two questions for Dustin there. Do you have any of those weird things to where it's like, I mentioned about the uh, the special here on remembering the years they came out, but not necessarily the title. Obviously, I remember the artist as well, but all right, so. I got to watch several of these videos and the reason I want to talk about them real briefly is I, I think Netflix does a great job. And I think that Netflix was one of the early guys to jump really hard at these comedians. Like, fuck it, let's do a, you know, I don't know what their criteria is, um, but shit, they got a great lineup of comedians. I absolutely love it. Okay. So, you know, uh, there's a couple of, of a lot, um, you know, the Dave Chappelle comedy special where he receives the Mark Twain Award. I thought that was super cool. It was a very upbeat. It was a roast-esque, but not really. Um, performances, nice things said. 
Um, and, and Dave's Dave's an incredible comedian, but a really kind of a cool show. Um, I recently watched the Crystalia. If you're a Crystalia fan, he just dropped a new episode, a uh, new uh, show. Uh, Burt Kreischer, and then Bill Burr. You know, Bill Burr's got Paper Tigers. Uh, Burt Kreischer, and uh, there's there's a lot of other ones I could go on this list forever. But I would I would suggest uh, checking those out or or other comedians. I just have found for me, anyways, like when I watch a comedy show, it's more it's not like a movie to me. It's like going to a show. And maybe that's the reason why I, uh, I I have, I guess, the correspondence between the name of the show and, and the year or whatever. Because, like, to me, it's like, hey, did you watch Kevin Hart? Yeah, I watched Kevin Hart. But it's like watching a show or going to a concert. I don't know. Maybe that's the mentality or thought behind it. So all of those are available. And these guys are dropping all kinds of just incredible comedy specials i'm so like i i'm so excited uh to see new comedy specials kind of pop up or if uh netflix does the little thing where it uh pings your phone and says hey coming out in three months this um so again i'd highly encourage you to check some of those comedy specials out if you're a comedy fan of any any which way so all right guys i appreciate you guys listening into the monday madness episode and this is a long one. Look at this. I know I just rambled on for almost 30 minutes. All right, guys. Once again, uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in to Monday Madness here with me. I know uh, Dustin is looking forward to you guys stopping by Friday for the Friday show. As always, this is Culture Jacked. 